baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's only one open seat among the Illinois statewide races this November 8th. That's because longtime Democratic Secretary of State Jesse White is not running for re-election. This weekend, we're going to talk with the Republican candidate who is in the race. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest is Bloomington State Representative Dan Brady. He's been in the Illinois General Assembly since 2001 and a member of the Republican legislative leadership since 2003. He's now an assistant Republican leader. He's helped negotiate budget agreements across the aisle. By profession, Representative Brady is a funeral director, and he was the McLean County coroner. Now he is running for Secretary of State, arguably one of the most powerful offices in Illinois. Dan Brady will face Democrat and former state treasurer Alexi Janulius in the November election. There'll also be a libertarian candidate named John Stewart on the ballot, not that John Stewart, the former TV host. And the libertarians previously put up a candidate named Jesse White, not that Jesse White. But that guy withdrew. Republican Dan Brady is that Dan Brady, and he's been heard on this program before because of his budget expertise. And we are conducting this interview via Zoom conferencing. Dan Brady, good to see you again. Good to be with you, Craig. Nice to see you. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, thank you. You are in legislative leadership. You have a business. Uh, Tell us why you want to be Secretary of State. Well, I'm, I'm running for the Office of Secretary of State because I've been and will continue to be a public servant who will put the public first. That's what I've always done. Uh, running this office that touches more daily lives than any other in state government. And I believe my broad uh, experience in private business, services county, corner state representative has prepared me well to serve as your next Secretary of State. And with the vast role that the office plays, whether it's organ and tissue donation or decreasing distracted driving for teens or senior driving education, which I've had legislation for. I've worked with the secretary, uh, Jesse White, in his office. And in passing this legislation helps in these areas, partnering with Republicans and Democrats alike. Um, And the area in which um, most people see the secretary of state's office is driver's facilities. So whether it's cutting those wait times fully staffing driver's facilities, increasing digital services, or using Illinois' approximately 5,000 libraries for more remote services, or partnering with community colleges for services, the possibilities are endless, I believe, with me as your next Secretary of State. Now, this is an office that um, 
I believe has the most employees of any state agency. Uh, that's uh, quite a, uh, a responsibility. How do you meet that responsibility and, and manage that many people? Well, first off, um, you look at the office itself and it has a little over uh, 4,000 employees actually. And yes, it uh, has around 20 divisions. Uh, the office itself, um, its biggest exposure to the general public is that of driver services. However, <clears throat> business articles of incorporations, uh, uh, securities uh, uh, aspects of the office, financials for businesses, articles, as I said, incorporation, index division, the list goes on. Those particular areas are very important. And think of just from the standpoint of vehicles and trucks and titles alone. Um, we need to look at things like e-titling for the state. Uh, right now we have paper titles that are waiting to get to lien holders. Uh, it takes weeks, uh, whereas other states around us can do it within a matter of hours. Those are the type of things I want to uh, certainly pursue. But the office itself, you are correct, Craig, when you talk about the role that it has, the wide range that it has, and what it does from a business economic standpoint in this state. Now, uh, before Jesse White took over, that office uh, had a taint of scandal uh, and uh, giving out driver's licenses, especially the commercial ones, can be a temptation uh, for employees and, frankly, for people who are approaching the office to want to offer bribes for things. So what's your assessment of how those problems have been addressed up to now and what more could you do? Well, I think how they've been addressed up to now uh, has, has been good. Uh, I commend Secretary White for his work. Um, and I would simply say that, you know, the individuals, you can't be in the legislature and all the ethics reforms and issues that we've had, the Inspector General's office and the list goes down. Um, you can't legislate ethical behavior by individuals. All you can do is watch it. And as a hands-on Secretary of State uh, and knowing those divisions and departments and working with those people that work for the Secretary of State's office, that's the greatest way, I think, from a preventative standpoint, we can make sure that the future holds nothing but uh, uh, integrity when it comes to service to the Secretary of State's office. Let's talk a little bit more about that kind of uh, public-facing uh, part of the office, because uh, the lines may not be as long as they used to be at the driver services facilities, but people still have to wait. Uh, what are your plans? What are the things that you think the office could do better to ease those things? Well, I think one of the areas obviously is the staffing. I mentioned that uh, a little bit earlier. The facilities themselves need to be fully staffed and they haven't been for some time. Cross-training would be very important. The cross-training to make sure that employees know other areas that are going on in, in the office so they can help people when they come in and those people don't get told so-and-so is not here today, you'll have to come back. Those are things we can do um, within the office and the operations itself. And so that's something that uh, would not require um, the, the investment from the side of financials as much as technology. When you talk about technology, so much today, you know, digital citizens um, identifications and could we actually get to a point where you could have a digital ID system that carries you through all of state government and never having to go into a facility. 
Nope, that day may be down the road. But right now, one of the things that we can do is looking at those over 96 facilities, Greg, and those services identify um, where the greatest traffic problem, the highest intensity, the greatest lines are from uh, predictive analytics and look at and understand where those bad areas are, those, those high volume areas. And can we do something in those areas? Partnering with community colleges, I've talked a lot about, I already have the technology. Lots of these uh, campuses are looking to lease. We have somewhere around 38 college camp or, uh, districts across the state, 119. Uh, areas in themselves of campuses, those could all be hubs and they already have the technology and taxpayers are paying for it. We can make them more efficient and all have um, uh, public transportation to them. So a, a wide variety of things we can improve upon there. And let's talk a little bit more about that because uh, the community colleges uh, have not been used for that kind of thing as much, but uh, you have a vision for getting them more involved in a number of aspects of government? I do. I, I've had discussions, and obviously this is not saying uh, I want to wave a magic wand and we're going to turn everything over to community college. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying prioritize where the greatest problems are of the volume of business, the greatest wait times. Let's look who is our neighbor potential community college out of those 119 and 39 districts across the state, 119 campuses, to see what might be a possibility in partnering with them. Many like want to lease space uh, in my, our particular area with Heartland Community College. The National Guard Readiness Center is leased from this facility. Others have uh, CDL, trucking um, uh, testing in areas and training in which they are leasing spaces. These could be great hubs and the technology is there. The taxpayers have invested already, safe environments, larger secure areas, and they all have public transportation. Let's talk about another aspect of technology and that is what can be done online, what should be done more online. Um, because obviously people have more access to computers than they did before, although not everyone has them. So uh, where's the frontier there? Well, I think that we could start from the very basic, and that is the user-friendly ability of the Secretary of State's website. I think that could be improved, especially for individuals that have uh, a disability, um, that the service could be uh, enhanced for special needs. Um, also, when you talk about the facilities, I talk about digital upgrades. I talk about the investment in technology. All those things in the antiquated system, computer-wise, uh, that drives some of these problems that Secretary of State's office needs to be improved upon. Um, sure, we want to look at that streamlining, and you can. But we also have to be mindful of that over $474 million budget of the Secretary of State's office, that we don't inflate that even more when we can find savings and where taxpayer dollars are already invested. So that's where I come up with some of the other ideas. But as far as the technology goes, we can continue on with that. But let's don't forget, not everybody's tech savvy, and we have to protect people's identity, obviously, and we still have to have a um, accessibility for those people who want to come in and need maybe some extra attention or extra help in whatever their issue is with the Secretary of State's office. So a big balancing act there. But I believe the, the potential and, and the possibilities are endless. What uh, There's been some talk about digital license plates. Uh, we've heard that uh, somewhat in the campaign, at least the Democratic campaign, that was a big topic. 
is that a realistic uh, future or do you, is it something that you find interesting? <laughs> well, I certainly find it interesting. However, um, my priority uh, would be prioritizing those facilities, streamlining those facilities, cutting those wait times before we talk about digital license plates. I also have some reservation in law enforcement and speaking with them a little bit about it. There are different groups and associations across the state. Um, and I think that's very, very important that we uh, prioritize first the services that we can control before we get into talking about digital license plates. It's interesting but something that's not the priority that I think we need right now, at least not in my travels across the state of Illinois, prioritizing things such as organ and tissue donation and what the office does is also something I'm very, uh, very, very passionate about. The system itself, uh, the, the technology system, as you said, is kind of outdated. How urgent is the need to upgrade that system? And presumably anytime you upgrade a computer system, that's a major expense. Well, it is a major expense, and that's where when you, you get back to the fact that many agencies are moving towards, uh, you know, modern cloud solutions uh, in order to uh, have future technology improvements. Um, when you do that, though, the antiquated system that the Secretary of State's office has, in fact, there's even some divisions can't talk to each other within the Secretary of State's office right now. So that's how old some computer systems are. So when you talk about that technology upgrade, I think that's the priority we have to look at. Where do we make that investment? And do we have something right there that we already have instead of reinventing the wheel through a community college that could be a hub? And certainly I would like to bring more mobile services into communities that used to be uh, more of a priority uh, prior to COVID uh, from the Secretary of State's office. And so I think um, looking and you know, surrounding yourself with some of the biggest and best and brightest in technology can give us an assessment of where we need to go first when it comes to technology. But I certainly, again, think, uh, let's not overlook what might be in our, our backyard in a lot of these areas, and that is a, what a community college may be interested in and partnering. And when it comes to technology, uh, you've also mentioned that libraries could be a part of that as well. Uh, talk a little bit about that, because the Secretary of State oversees the libraries. The Secretary of State is the Chief Librarian of the State of Illinois. Obviously, local libraries have their own governing trustee boards, but the Secretary of State is the Chief Librarian from a financial standpoint. And whether that program is a literacy program that the Secretary of State's office is heavily involved with, which my certain my plans would be to continue that um, and, and keep it at least at the level that it is now, but also using those libraries for areas of uh, whether it be remote services for driver services um, in California, um, certainly like easy teller machines, uh, you can go and do your stickers right there, uh, right in a library, even in a grocery store, as far as that goes. And I also would like to use libraries to increase the education and discussion about organ and tissue donation in the state of Illinois. And I do want to discuss that topic a lot more. Uh, in just a second, you are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Republican State Representative Dan Brady, who's running for Illinois Secretary of State. And uh, the issue of organ donation is uh, is kind of personal with you. Uh, uh, let's talk a, a, a little bit about uh, about what more can be done to encourage people to participate in that. 
Well, it is very personal to me uh, as county coroner. Um, I certainly work with Secretary White on a number of initiatives to increase organ and tissue donation across the state of Illinois. I continued that as, as representative to this day, where I have legislation where I was chief co-sponsor of reducing the age from 18 to 16 and 17 year old drivers to be on the organ donor um, uh, depository list. And that is something that will help increase numbers. Uh, that also has a parental opt out. But what's important to know uh, in this first person consent state is that we have from a numbers standpoint and registration of individuals uh, reduced that, gone down. We were once the leader in the country. I'd like to bring that back up uh, and increase those numbers. You do that by education. You do that by uh, making sure uh, the constituency and the people across Illinois know how important organ and tissue donation is. Obviously, anyone that's had a family member that's been a recipient of organ and tissue donation where I'm formerly an eye nucleator myself and certified to do that at one time. Um, that is so important of what medical science can do today to help uh, the living and being the individual, uh, Craig, that actually asks and approach families about donation uh, in my days as county coroner uh, is a reminder to me how important it is and how it can help that family through that terrible time to actually think their loved one helped so many people's lives and saved others. Hmm. Um, another area that we should talk about uh, might be to, if anything, reduce the demand for organ donations by making driving uh, safer. Still too many accidents involving young drivers, still too many accidents involving distracted drivers. Far too often it's young distracted drivers. Uh, what do we need to be doing there? Well, we talk about technology. We talk about the thing uh, in our hands that everybody carries now. They call a phone, which distracts you walking, distracts you driving. And that's something certainly uh, to, to work on. I've been part of task force and for law enforcement with the secretary uh, state's office and working and continue to work on this. But I think one of the greatest steps uh, is young people. And I think we can increase what is behind the wheel training with partnerships with groups such as Tire Track, which is private businesses like Goodyear Tire Company and others that want those students out driving their vehicles on test course and actually driving the vehicle they're most likely going to be driving to see how that car reacts, a 2,000 pound vehicle reacts to them when they're in trouble and what it's going to do or not do. I think that's invaluable. I'd like to explore and do more of that. I'd also like to put the Secretary of State's office back into the classroom to help teach teens what is it uh, about distracted driving? Let's talk a little bit more about what's a title. What, what's it mean to go to a lien holder? And what's it mean when you lose that valuable license that you're training and working so hard at through administrative hearings and you do something you shouldn't be doing, whether that's drinking and driving or inhibited some other way uh, on the road? What's that's going to mean and the problems you're going to face of trying to get a license back? Those are all things that I think would help with distracted driving, maybe more, more of all of us. We'll put the phone down and pay attention to driving if we knew a little more what those consequences are going to be legally and otherwise. How well do you think that the uh, agency, that the Secretary of State's office would be able to staff up uh, given this job short? I mean, or at least there's uh, shortages of people to hire uh, mm -hmm. everywhere. Uh, are you going to be able to get enough people to put people back into the classroom to to fully staff those driver services facilities? Well, I think uh, when you fully staff the driver services facilities, that's 
a big start. And you're going to you're going to do that. You're going to simply do that by organization, by listening to the employees, the indebted, dedicated employees that are there now, of what could be better. I've learned that as a legislator, when you bring individuals who actually are in the, uh, the office and actually doing the work, give you some of the best ideas when you're in a budget hearing. And I certainly would look forward to that and learn from that. The other area is also, though, about looking at the, facility, the Office of Secretary of State and their police division, the road investigators that are out traveling to our facilities and traveling the highways and byways of Illinois, we could bring them into those schools and partner with those schools. I know the officers are, are interested uh, and I would like to explore it. Now, partnering, that's a key word, partnering with the school districts, private, public, and private teaching facilities, all would have to be part of enhancement of this and the Drivers Education Association uh, in Illinois of driver training professionals. And we'd work with all those individuals. But I really think it's, it, it, it comes down to if you're going to have a leader, a secretary of state is going to be hands-on, it's going to drive the discussion, it's going to put the stakeholders at the table, whatever the issue is, to better benefit the people of Illinois. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about the, uh, the politics of, uh, of this. Uh, and how, how difficult is it to run uh, as a Republican in a blue state like Illinois has sometimes proven to be, uh, does that give you an uphill battle as far as fundraising is concerned and as far as uh, getting your message out? Craig, I'm glad you brought that up. I just came off a very challenging Republican primary where I was outspent um, I close to a million dollars. Um, I wasn't able to raise those dollars that uh, others did. The same will be in this race, but I have something that they don't. And I believe it, it mimics Secretary White's style is that it's a, a people person and working with both sides of the aisle in the legislature. The legislature is going to be a key partner um, in operating Secretary of State's office. Who has a better relationship and better experience than me as state representative presently right now? And I think that when you go across the state, wherever it is, Republican or Democrat areas, people People aren't looking to see um, whether you're really a Republican or Democrat. What they're looking for is the party of efficiency. Who's going to get me in and out of that facility as soon as possible and get the job done correctly? And I like to say the license plates in Illinois are red, white, and blue with Abraham Lincoln's picture on it. And, and that, I think, just exemplifies the fact that it's not Republican or Democrat. It should be about the service. And I can certainly assure you that any, any parent that has a child on a waiting list for an organ donation in Illinois doesn't care if it's coming from a Republican or Democrat. They just want to make sure that the, the aspect of having the potential of that, that the system is ran correctly, that it's up and going and provides the medical assistance and help that that child may need for a future and a life. Well, uh, for on the Democratic side of the ledger, uh, in his campaign literature, Alexei Janulius says that he is running to rebuild trust in our public institutions, in our elected officials and each other. What would you say to voters about Alexei Janulius? Well, I'd say that, first off, I'm out every day rebuilding that trust. And I, I think if, if you portray that trust every day of what you do, um, I think people have the confidence in you. I don't think it's as much as a rebuilding issue. I could see 
my opponent's rebuilding uh, comment because of the problems he had as treasurer. Uh, let's look at Brightstar and the failure and the loss of money for college students across the state of Illinois under his direction, other issues. But I try and stay away from the politics of personal destruction, Craig. Um, I'm an individual that's, a, I think, really in a unique situation here from a Republican running statewide that many, many people, the more and more I travel and the more that they get engaged and hear of my background, my experience, they meet me. I think that it crosses the barriers of party lines. And I think that's what the Secretary of State's office is all about, providing service to the taxpayer. Now, the uh, top of the GOP ticket is State Senator Darren Bailey, who has sometimes been a bit of a lightning rod uh, with uh, his comments about abortion uh, and the Holocaust and calling Chicago a hellhole. How does that kind of rhetoric play out? Does it excite the base and, and help you, or can it be a distraction to your race? Well, I, I think that on both sides, Democrats and Republicans, you have that, um, unfortunately. But I believe that the conservative Republican policies are better than the Democrat uh, tax and spend policies that we, that we presently have. Um, but I think more so than anything, um, laying out the foundation of what you're going to do for an office or not. I'm a Republican, I'm supporting a Republican ticket, but I also wish that some of the, the rhetoric would be toned down and the focus would simply be, what are we going to do for the people of Illinois? Because in my travels, right, that's what people wanna hear. They hear enough of the divisiveness, they hear enough about you know, scaring people because you're this or you're that, your social life, your social issues, whatever it may be, all those things, um, are things that divide us and not unite us. But it, sometimes it seems that uh, for whatever reason, bipartisanship and talking about working together is a sign of weakness uh, to some. How do you overcome that kind of an attitude in this atmosphere of politics? Well, I think you do what I've done and uh, you work hard. Uh, you win the Republican nomination and you show people that uh, I'm Republican enough, uh, or if Democrats think I'm too Republican, Republicans think I'm not Republican enough, you have to prove that, you have to show that. And in Secretary of State's office, it's a unique situation to be in, and that is that people want services. They don't come in asking, do I stand in the Republican line, the Democrat line, or any other line? They just want the services. And so I can control one thing in my way. I can control my campaign, my message, what I say, what I do. And certainly with some of the other rhetoric that's out there, I wish that uh, would not be the case. I wish that'd be toned down. I think it could hurt people statewide, but both sides have a problem. And I think that it's just a, a matter of convincing the electorate. Uh, he's somebody I have that faith in. He's somebody I trust. And he's somebody I think would do a good job. That's my charge. And I would uh, ask, and it's a question I do like to ask sometimes, who do you trust? Who, who, would be the, who would be giving you advice or who would you look to uh, if you're in that job? Well, I think first off, if you look specifically to the Secretary of State's office, I made a comment I learned as a legislator some time ago. In budget hearings, when we actually started bringing individuals and they felt that they had no potential repercussion against them, uh, to testify about certain things and ideas, they have the greatest ideas as employees. I think surrounding yourself with the employees in Secretary of State's office to learn from their experiences and their problems and what they need would be great, would be a great area. And the saying goes, you know, surround yourself with good people. There's nothing you can't overcome. Um, family, 
friends that have helped me politically are all part of that. But the operations of the office, dealing with the stakeholders, dealing with those that are in the trenches, dealing with those that are face-to-face dealing with the public, I think would, would pay dividends to improve service and learn how we can do things better. How do you be a hands-on uh, manager for uh, an operation that big, that widespread across the state? Well, I'm doing it right now, but running across the state. Uh, as I said, uh, just coming out of the Republican primary, I was very fortunate to win uh, every county um, in the state of Illinois, with the exception of one, my opponent's home, home county. And I think if you do that and you travel and you're out in front of the people, the same concept is going on, obviously, in this general election for me. And the same concept will be going on as Secretary of State. You have to have the drive, the desire, the ambition, and the passion. And when I think about the passion that I have of how this office touches the lives of so many Illinoisans in so many areas that I have experience and expertise in, um, that certainly makes me the better choice for Secretary of State, in my opinion. Well, thank you very much. Uh, That is Republican State Representative Dan Brady, who is running for Illinois Secretary of State. Thanks so much for spending the half hour with me. And uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at WBBMNewsRadio.com. There's a link on the homepage, and you can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.